The new Lloyd Mr. Nissan has moved into the big blue building on Highway 16 West, formerly known as Border City RV. Shop in comfort with over 100 new and pre-owned vehicles all inside our giant showroom. This is the largest and the longest indoor sale in the history of the Border City. Sales and service all under one big roof. Come check out the massive savings in this massive building. The new Lloyd Mr. Nissan, now in the big blue building on Highway 16 West. The new Lloyd Mr. Nissan. We won't sell you a car, we'll help you buy one. Local people. Local news and events. Local sports. Local matters. For all things Lloydminster and area, this is Live with Kurt Price. Hey, welcome to the new Lloydminster Nissan Exhibition Grill here at the Lloydminster Exhibition. It's excited to be back for 2024. And uh, we're excited at the new Lloydminster Nissan that uh, it's getting a little colder and we're inside. We have moved to the Big Blue Building on Highway 16 West, and we have about 100 vehicles under the roof, new and pre-owned. We actually have more vehicles. We have some outside now as well, as inventory keeps increasing all the time. But uh, we invite you to stop out at the new Lloyd Mr. Nissan. And you know, it used to be so easy. You could just drive through the lot. What do they have? Even if you're looking for pre-owned especially, what do they have? Drive through the lot, right? Well, now you can't really do that. So we invite you to come indoors. We don't want you to shy away. Um, I was down there the other day. I watched a couple come in. Uh, one of our sales guys went up and just said, hey, can I help you out? And they said, we're just here to look. Okay, go look. We're not going to, no pressure or anything like that. We know that sometimes you just want to take a look at the vehicle. So come in, have a look. And right now at the new Lloyd Mr. Nissan, when you make your purchase, you get free tires for the life of your vehicle. So stop in and uh, see us today at the new Lloyd Minster Nissan. I also want to tell you about BioClean Disaster Services, where their commitment is to you and your family. Damage from wind, fire, flood, asbestos contamination, that brings on a lot of stress to your life. And the biggest stress is your family. And BioClean Disaster Services is a local company that's going to take care of your property, going to take care of your possessions, but they're going to take care of you and your family. And that means keeping you up to date on what is happening. So serving Lloydminster, Wainwright, Bonneville, Cold Lake, you see their name everywhere. If it should happen, and I hope it doesn't to you because it's happened to me at some point, then you want to call BioClean Disaster Services. And it's real easy to get a hold of them. Local company here in Lloydminster, 1-833-246-8326. The Aztec Safety Challenge presented by Wild Rose Pump and Compression now has the full draw available and uh, all the action begins on the ice next Thursday at the Lloyd Golf and Curling Center. Now if you miss getting tickets, uh, you can still catch up on all the action here at the Lloydminster Exhibition in the Synergy U Credit Union Family Free Fun environment. So two local ranks, the Deconic Smith and Armstrong ranks, are also competing along with some of the biggest names in curling. So you may see these uh, people around town that's for sure out in restaurants eating doing all kinds of stuff uh botcher gushu adine they're all here just to name a few uh, tickets are available now for the Marwayne Community Playground Association's Comedy Night, which features a very well-known comedian in this area, Kelly Taylor. Kelly will be in Marwayne on Saturday, February 10th. Supper at 6, the show at 8. Tickets are available on Eventbrite, and the night also features a dance. Uh, tickets for that are $75 each. 
Lloydminster and District Fish and Game Association is hosting their family wildlife and awards banquet on Saturday, January 27th. Myself, along with uh, Heather Clagus, will be your MCs for that event. Although I notice on the poster it just says Heather. That's not. I'm not going to take that as a hit to my pride, though. Along with the uh, wonderful meal that they have each year, they will also be entertained by Magic Ben, who has been seen a lot on television. Uh, tickets are only $50 each and available only until January 23rd by visiting Wildside Outdoors. Or you can call Dwayne, 780-808-6420. The food is always the main draw, though. The entertainment's great, but the food is incredible. And the Lloyd Mr. Exhibition's Chase the Ace uh, here is sitting at over $63,000. Uh, there's another draw tonight, of course. 36 cards remain in the deck. Uh, tickets are just $10. Improve your odds. Uh, get three for 25, eight for 50, or 20 for 100. Uh, stop in here at the Lloyd Mr. Exhibition. Get those today. Or you can use your credit card at LloydX.com. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, uh, Colleen Young, MLA for Lloydminster and area, is here to uh, visit with us. And uh, we got a lot to talk about, especially that carbon tax. I know you got a lot of questions about that. <laughs> i got a lot of questions about that, so we'll get that from Colleen when we come back. At Lloydminster and District Co-op, membership matters more. Because being part of a co-op means you're connected to something bigger than yourself. From long-held legacy by those who built our communities to people you call family, friends, and neighbors. When you're a Lloyd Co-op member, you're an owner in a local business that prides itself on purpose alongside profit. You earn cash back, you help support causes that matter most, and you're building a better way of life for the next generation. Membership matters more. I'm Brian Zintruck of PipelineOnline.ca. I used to be a pipeliner and I've spent the last 15 years reporting on energy in Saskatchewan. PipelineOnline.ca provides comprehensive coverage of light oil, heavy oil, lithium, helium, power production including coal, wind, solar, geothermal, natural gas and nuclear. There's a lot happening in Saskatchewan's energy sector and Pipeline Online is there for all of it. No one else comes even close. It's more than just taxes at LNA CPA. Assurance, accounting, retirement planning, estate planning, business consulting, financial consulting, farm program support, and bookkeeping. But yes, there is always taxes. The team at LNA CPA is committed to helping you achieve your best results and will be there to assist you every step of the way. LNA CPA, with offices in Provost, Vermilion, and Lloydminster. At Jason Arden Associates Cooperators, we're proud to be a top-rated local insurance company that offers flexible solutions and expert advice for all your insurance and investment needs. We'll work with you to tailor your insurance specific to your needs, and we offer investment advice that always puts you first. At Cooperators, one of our core values is to support the communities we live in. When you support Jason Arden & Associates Cooperators, you are supporting local nonprofits and initiatives. Since 2020, we have donated 60000 to local nonprofits, youth sponsorships, and various special projects. When was the last time your insurance company did that? How can you help support the oil and gas industry and jobs in Western Canada? The answer is closer than you think. Sell your scrap metals to PWM Steel. PWM sells scrap iron to Evraz, located in Regina. Evraz's number one customer is the energy sector, building pipes and plates for the oil and gas industry. PWM Steel is your locally owned metal recycler and steel service center in the area. Plus, they're a strong supporter of the community. 
PWM Steel, your top steel supplier for Alberta and Saskatchewan for 40 years. At Diamond 7 Meats, we work with local farm families to provide a high-quality product and a great selection for you. Try our mouth-watering Smokies, pulled pork, roast beef, and more. Made pure and natural with no additives or fillers. We offer custom processing, and our experienced team works for you to provide a selection of sausage, burgers, and jerkies made to your specifications. Take your grilling to the next level with a Yoder Smoker. Complete the grilling experience with a Canadian-made, award-winning line of House Q barbecue sauces. We're locally owned and operated, and we look forward to seeing you today. Welcome back. We're at the new Lloyd Mr. Nissan Exhibition Grill at the Lloyd Mr. Exhibition where Chase the Ace happens tonight. And Colleen Young is the MLA for uh, Lloyd Mr. and District. And uh, she is uh, here today to talk to us about a few things, including the carbon tax. But first of all, uh, Colleen, um, how are you doing? Like you came through what was going to be uh, a by-election. A contested nomination. A, a contested nomination, yes. Yes. And... Uh, then it didn't happen. You spent most of the summer, I would say. I spent you know. a lot of time from, uh, well, first of all, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, and yes. And thanks for having me here, Kurt, uh, this morning. Um, yes, I spent a lot of time from March, April of the spring right through until November working my butt off. Um, out there meeting people, listening to people, visiting people. I was invited in into many households on many doorsteps and kitchen tables, listening to issues and concerns, but getting people's um, support and trust in me as their, as their candidate once again. So it's an election year, so does that, does that give you a little head start maybe? It does, <laughs> yeah. um, and I, I'm glad. I mean, it, it, uh, you know, it puts you to work. It, uh, you know, gets you out there meeting the folks that are your supporters and those that aren't even and uh, having those tough conversations at times with them. But uh, it's good for them to know that I am wanting to be their representative and their advocate and I'm listening and taking their concerns. What's it what, like for me? I looked at it as like a challenge from within the party. How is your relationship with the party calling like? Well, it is a challenge within the party, um, you know. Um, but how much how much support was was there from the party? Uh, well, I was on my own, basically. I guess you are. You're I am be. on my I own. I guess he was going to be too. Yes, yeah. absolutely. That that is the challenge: is for you to go out there and garner your support, sell memberships uh, in the party, and then ultimately get those people out to vote. Um, in the end, it turned out that uh, even though it started out as a very contested nomination, that my opponent pulled out at the last second. And uh, we didn't have to have a contested nomination, and I was acclaimed. But, I mean, you still have to work for it. You can mm -hmm. never assume anything, and you have to get out there and uh, get the support that is needed in order to win. What did you learn? What did you hear from, from people as you're out there visiting? I think people, for the vast majority of Saskatchewan residents and in my constituency, they're happy with what our government is doing. They're very proud of some of the things that we have stepped up to, to uh push back on the federal government, but also implement within our province. And, I, and there are still many concerns out there, um, healthcare being one of the strongest ones, of course, um, as we all know, but it is something that they also recognize that our government is um, investing a lot into and putting a plan in place that is working and is starting to see some progress. What did I see by uh, March, end of March, supposed to be caught up on 
on surgeries, right? On our surgical, yes. Yeah. Um, within the first six months of this year alone, we were over 47,000, which is the largest uh, surgery catch-up we've done in a long time and uh, moving forward on that as well. So, we, And we will continue to push. It is a challenge across the country. Um, I don't want to talk about COVID, but let's, you know, we mm -hmm. need to start back there. It was a challenge for everybody, and that caused across the globe um, a number of issues in the healthcare sector, and it came to fruition for, for many of us, including the province of Saskatchewan. But we did put a four-point healthcare plan in place and uh, have bought seats in other provinces, as a matter of fact, in order to, um, you know, start working on our healthcare plan. I just recently, back in uh, November, had the opportunity to um, announce 16 nursing spots at the college, Lakeland College here in Lloydminster, a Bachelor of Science nursing, four-year degree nursing program, where students, more nursing students will be able to take their online courses here, do their practicum at the Lloyd Hospital here and graduate and hopefully stay within our community. That's huge. It is that, huge. That's huge. It that was huge. yeah, back in November, right? Yes, it was. Yeah, so. that, I remember that was huge. Sometimes it feels like uh, in this area, you know, um, it must be kind of well, at least uh, you know, Garth has a lot more to deal with when it comes to healthcare right now. I think we are a lot more in Alberta, yes. living in the border city, and then we have Saskatchewan Health. But does it take some heat off you that Alberta's hot seats right now is it seems uh, to be healthcare? It is, but uh, but at the same time, we still have our challenges here. I mean, uh, I think one of the things that you know I heard about just recently was our lab was closed over Christmas at the hospital for, you know, a number of days. I'm, I'm hoping it's open now, I haven't heard, but, you know, people get sick, and if you don't have a replacement in there, then you have to close those services for a short time until you can find somebody to take over. So I think we have problems just like anywhere else, but, uh, and I also had a great hour and 20-minute uh, conversation with our chief of staff, uh, Dr. Govender, about some of the issues that are at the hospital and how we can work locally to take care of ourselves. I mean, we can rely on the province to help us in many cases, but sometimes we just need to step up locally and, and uh, figure things out. I know that senior care is very important to you as well. It is. Have we seen any movement on any renovations or anything happening at any of the facilities in Lloydminster? Because I know that's a priority to you. It is. Uh, Long-term care is a priority for me, and I'm, I'm glad to see um, that SHA has now started pushing as well, noting that you know we do have a significant backlog of spaces in this community. Um, and that we do need a replacement for Jubilee Home. Um, I worked diligently over the last year to secure some land for that, and uh, I'm working with the ministers uh, still on a long-term care facility and a hospice for this community, and I'm crossing my fingers and hoping that sometime in the very near future it will get on the books. You hear about that a lot when you had the campaign? You know, was that a priority it for wasn't people a, in Lloyd? Not as much as I would have thought. Um, they, you know, people still are being placed, um, being placed necess not necessarily within this community. I think more of the challenges are that they're being placed in temporary spaces where temporary becomes longer than the mm -hmm. families would hope. And, and that is the challenge. And that's why we do need a new long-term care facility, a hundred bed one I'd like to see here in Lloydminster as a replacement for Jubilee Home in the very near future. Can you tell us where that land is? 
Well, I have worked with Synovus, let's put it okay. that way okay. on it. So it's, it's in a very <clears throat> significant and key location, and I think it would be, it, it would be great to see it there. Jubilee Home, would that be like, could it be repurposed or is it just reached its end of life and needs um, to go? The Minister Hinley, the previous Minister of Rural and Remote Health was here back in, I want to say June of last year and did a tour of it. And the, um, the place itself does not suit uh, how we serve patients and how okay. we serve seniors nowadays in long-term care facilities. So, so it's not a problem with structure or it's anything like that? It's yeah, there are some structural okay. Okay. things. It is over 60 years old, so I mean it has seen its, its uh, span of life. Um, it has had many renovations to it, but I think the actual facility itself doesn't serve the needs of the patients as we would like to see nowadays. Um, for all the different levels that are there. And, th and that's, that's key. We now start, need to start looking at the different levels of care as people get into long-term care, um, not just you know, independent, but as they progress through, and I think that's the new, the new mode. I can guess what the number one uh, concern was when you're visiting with people was inflation, was the cost of everything. And I, I wanna ask you about uh, the decision to, um, to stop charging the carbon tax on heating fuel, on certain heating fuels, uh, primarily natural gas. And then also we can get into a little bit about what you should do if, if you don't get that rebate, because I, I, if you don't find you're getting money taken off your heating bill when you have electric, electric heat. But um, it, are you, has it been positive or received in Saskatchewan, or have you received some pushback? It's been very positively received. I think it's, um, you know, we when we put the Saskatchewan First Act in place, we knew that there were parts of the Constitution where the federal government was continuously intruding on policies that um, create detrimental harm to our resources, our natural resources, and, you know, we needed to push back strongly, and this is one of them. This is one of them where, you know, a carbon tax <clears throat> has not done anything good <laughs> to advance, you know, our industries in this province, our resources in this province, and it has it added to the inflationary costs of living on a daily basis. And I think, you know, people realize that um, the steps that we've taken as a government have, you know, been bold and are probably still going to be challenged, and we realize that but removing the carbon tax and the GST on the carbon tax, as a matter of fact, from home heating um, with regards to natural gas and electric was our first step in, in doing this, so. Um, when I listened to Scott Moe, it sounded like, you know, when you guys challenged the carbon tax, it was the, ma was it the major reason that we, that Saskatchewan was forced to have a carbon tax was because it was an even and level playing field right across the board. It was never a level playing field, Curtin. It, it never has been. I mean, if we even look at, you know, something that we've talked about for years is equalization payments across this province. We get zero. Alberta gets zero. BC gets zero. We pay into everybody else's. 4.4 billion goes mm -hmm. just our neighbor next door, Manitoba, and then millions more, and 13.6 billion to Quebec as we go across. And those are coming from our natural resources revenues that we are contributing to the federal government, and we receive nothing back. So, you know, there's times where you need to say enough is enough, 
And these are some of the minor things and the things that we're doing to push back. And the carbon tax is one of them. It has not been beneficial in any way to anybody. And it has done more harm, as a matter of fact, to the major industries in this province. And that includes agriculture, right here in the area of Lloydminster, where, you know, farm farmers are seeing that. And, and that's up, something I heard as well, is that how do we stop this? Because it is a huge expense. It, it, if, we, if we base it on heating alone, like Atlanta, Canada, a majority of people get a break there yep. using heating oil. We hear they can't have natural gas because of rock sediment and things like that. But it is more expensive to use heating oil. So the government, their argument is it's being offset because of that extra cost. Um, how do you push back against against that like it's more there you may have just answered this question we want to but... freeze in the dark Kurt, well, do you? I, well, <laughs> I mean an electric well, uh, well, is I... as most of our northern province is electric heat they don't have the option to have natural gas right up there so i mean hope. yeah same thing rock sediment absolutely so we can't we we have to do something in order to bring those costs down and the federal government doesn't recognize that no different than you know like to canada they recognized it and they offset it well, why couldn't they have offset it? You know, and particularly for our northern folks, you know, who have no choice. But even for us. We have no choice. We have no, no choice. Yeah, it's the climate we live in. It is. We have no choice. Got to heat the homes. Yes. Um, as far as the rebates go, um, we don't know yet whether uh, the government of Saskatchewan will submit that carbon tax. Um, has there been any discussion on that? Well, no, we're sitting on that one. Because that, that, that'll come up it. in February, right? Of course it will. Yeah. And as you know, we also put a tribunal assessment in place to look at the harm it is doing Saskatchewan. And I think that is is key to where we'll be able to push back once, you know, so we have forwarded those things to them to look through. And we have a really strong um, panel of five, six people that um, will look at all the things that it, that harm create those policies create for our province and that's something that our minister of um, justice and attorney general will be pushing back on the federal government with do you anticipate that they will come and say there's there's not going to be any rebates for saskatchewan because you're not charging a carbon tax on heat well, I guess that's to be seen because, I mean, you, at you this point a, in time, they you have an idea, though. They haven't said anything to us yet about it. Let's put it that way. You know, Minister Gibo and whoever else down there, you know, that is, um, you know, saying that we're not we're not playing in the same um, fair way as everybody else is. But they're not playing fair either. They're not treating every Canadian fairly and that's that's the whole point here we all need to be treated fairly when it comes to creating policies across this country um how how do they figure out electric heat like how can they like is is it just a lot of people at sas power a lot of accountants at sas power doing a lot of math sas power knows every nickel and dime that's spent on electricity in this province and how many kilojoules are spent on energy in our gas sector and um they will have those numbers figured out for us and, and share them with us so i live on the saskatchewan side but i and we talked about this last not past yeah. september but the <laughs> september before when Alberta issued a, a $50 rebate per month, I believe it was, they're taking $50 off. And there were some complaints in my neighborhood about, oh, we're not getting that $50 and we pay 
And I and we pay for Alberta. And you're paying higher yes. rates. And I'm pay, paying higher rates. Yes. Exactly. But I actually had a good rate. And I was I came to you and I was upset because like shut these people up because I, now my now I'm losing money because I locked in at a good rate knowing the natural gas yes. or figuring gas, natural gas is going to go up. So now I'm in the situation where this lady was in a situation a year ago and I'm going, okay, now it's my turn to complain. How do I get my heat off? Is there anything? So there, there are how do I get the carbon tax off in mine? this province or in this community in Lloydminster in particular um, where Sask Energy was late to the game. Um, the lines that ran through were uh, gas lines that were owned by Alberta and still are. So um, there's on the gas side of things, uh, there are pockets on the Saskatchewan side in Lloydminster here where folks have no other option but to use an Alberta supplier, right, on the gas end of things. So uh, there's nothing the government of Saskatchewan can do about that, and that is because they're not crowns, they're, they're privately owned companies that supply that gas, right? And yeah. we own a crown, so we can direct the crown uh, to what we want to see done. Well, you know what was frustrating for me about that is, we can't sell you the gas anymore because we're an Alberta company. And then I could only buy it from a different Alberta company. Like, it just drove me absolutely. Yeah. There's things that just don't make sense. But I've kind of accepted that, living on the Saskatchewan the price side. Is a, I feel fortunate I don't have to pay the PST in Lloydminster. Right. The, the prices of, of gas are, you know, um, decided by the markets, right? And Sask Energy, if you are, I can tell you this, though, if you are a Alberta... Direct Energy, ATCO, whatever it is, uh, gas uh, is supplied to your home, but you live on the Saskatchewan side. If by September 15th of every year, um, you have an account, you call Sask Energy and you set up an account with them, they work with the Alberta provider in order to um, set those, get, pay the difference in the rates. And I know that Alberta is quite significantly higher than Saskatchewan right now on their kilojoules. So they will offset those differences costs and you actually are only paying the Saskatchewan rate then on your bill. Really? Yeah. But you have to have an account with Sask Energy in order to do that. Oh, okay. With Sask Power on the electrical end of things, we can't do anything about it. That was an agreement that was signed with the city back in, I believe it's about 1938, <laughs> that they have a solid contract in place and so we cannot we're not involved in the contract the city is and so that's the only two players in that game so we can't tell them to change that okay i want to ask you another question about about affordability in just a moment but first i want to tell you about superior water it's not just a name it is superior water with two locations in lloydminster they're open on sundays to make filling your big blue jugs a whole lot quicker and if you want great tasting water right from your tap you can call superior water and ask about their under the sink reverse osmosis systems 780-875-6636 i drink superior water because i like to taste i believe it is superior water superior water open on 57th avenue monday to friday eight to six saturdays and sundays 10 to 5, and don't forget their coin-operated location, which is right next to 7-Eleven there on uh, Highway 17 South. When it comes to affordability, we've seen Saskatchewan and now Manitoba take the provincial tax off of gas. Why not just do that, Colleen? Why not avoid this kind of tussle with the, the 
federal government and say, we're going to do what these provinces done and, and cut some slack to our, to the people we can cut some slack to. Well, Alberta did give break for a whole year almost. Manitoba's now, got six months. Yeah, right? yeah. and they've put it back on. And yes, I they think have. you've seen your the reasons why they've put it back on. I think you all you like your highways, you like your roads, you like your culverts, you like your bridges. That's where the gas tax goes. Every nickel of that goes back into, you know, making sure our highways are in good shape. Our RMs get a portion of it, so they get to make sure our municipal roads are maintained and looked after as well. And bridges and culverts and all those kinds of things that allow our goods and our people to move across this province in, a, in the best way possible. And, and that's why we've left it there, because we know the importance of it and what it funds. How about, um, and I've had some of this, and I know you're getting some of it too, people who heat their homes with propane. How do you, how do you help them? Well, propane we cannot um, do anything about, and that is because they are private suppliers. We, uh, as a government, have no authority to tell them to take off the carbon tax, to take off the GST or the car GST on the carbon tax. That's up to those suppliers. And uh, unfortunately, there are many rural customers in uh, Saskatchewan, and particularly even in my area. I know there's lots of rural cust customers who use propane still, and um, unfortunately, there is no nothing that we can do as a government to change that. Similar to what Alberta, Daniel Smith said, because they don't have a Crown Corporation. No, they in, don't. In Alberta. Yeah. I think she'd be doing the same thing. If yes, she, if, she, if could. she could. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Um, I want to move on to um, um, Bill 137, which we haven't had a chance to talk about. It's been, nope. it's been so long. Um, the one thing that came up that I had a conversation with the Lloydminster Sexual Assault Center here in Lloydminster. They're upset they can't get into schools and, 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 and share their expertise and, and help students. Has there been some, has there been some concession on getting, because I think most people would say that third parties going into schools, they would agree with that. And I, I thought, I couldn't see a reason to have a third party go in until I visited with sexual assault uh, services. And they convinced me they should be in schools. They just, like, I, I'll be perfectly honest, I, they were telling me about their numbers, they were telling me about what happens, what they do, and they convinced me they should be, they should be in back in schools. I know they've had conversations, I know they've, they've talked with you and, and tried to get back in schools. Where do, you, where do you stand on that? Where's the Saskatchewan government stand on that? Well, as we know, the Saskatchewan, uh, you know, uh, had a special session in the fall for two full weeks and used the notwithstanding clause to put in Bill 137, the Parents' Bill of Rights. Yeah. Um, I had the opportunity to speak to it, as a matter of fact, in the House um, on this, and I totally agree with it. Um, as far as third-party providers and uh, folks coming into the schools, that's been on, put on pause. It's, they haven't been eliminated from it, and I know the Minister of Education wanted to work with the Ministry of Education in order to review each of those providers and ensure that what was being uh, shared with students in the school or um, even with teachers was meeting um, our curriculum 
and that it was appropriate for the ages of the children that they were doing it with. Yes. I was able to arrange with the sexual assault center, yes, I've had conversations with them, but I was also able to be in on a call with the Minister of Education and the, and, uh, the folks from the sexual assault center and assure them that uh, we value and recognize the services that they're making. But until the minister and the ministry has had time to review all these, and they're trying to do it as quickly as possible. Um, the service they provide is extremely important, especially to young children, and we recognize that. But I think there's a whole um, bit of pushback from parents who don't have an understanding. And, and I think that's just mostly it, is the services that are being provided by the third parties, I think parents need to have a better understanding of what ser that service is. There are some that are involved and have that understanding, and I've heard from them as well, and know the importance of the sexual assault center, but there's many who don't. And of course, so that's something that needs to happen first. There needs to be an education to the general public of the third party services provided to our students, especially our young students in the school. Um, I had a conversation with um, Adam Waterman and Tracy Kay with Integrity Oil. And Brian Zinchuk was in on that as well. So we talked a lot about power and a lot of conversation about where our power comes from and some of the uh, emissions gaps and things like that that are being put in by Stephen Giebel. And I want to ask you about those as well. But the thing that came up was Lloyd Minster would be a really ideal site for a nuclear power plant. Have you heard anything about Lloyd Minster being an area that could not only help Saskatchewan, but somewhat help Alberta as well? It's, it seems like a perfect location with the North Saskatchewan River located where it is. Has there been talk about a, a nuclear power plant in this area? There hasn't been a decision made on a definite one. There has been a number of sites uh, that SAS Power and uh, the committee that is reviewing uh, nuclear SMRs in this province um, have been looking at. Um, Lloyd Minster's name has not been on that list. I can wow, tell you this that's at, at this point in time. Um, you know, it isn't just the river. There's um, road transportation. There's I had the uh, opportunity. Yeah, rail transportation is, is important too, but I had the opportunity back in June to travel to the, up by MacArthur River and, and tour the mines up there and get right down to the bottom and see how it's processed and, and brought out and the amount. We are the second largest producer of, of uranium in the world. Yeah. You know, 15% comes from here. So yes, it's, it's key to our new energy source. Um, very important and really key to our new energy source. But um, there's a lot that goes into finding the right site and making sure that everything works well before things go happen. But I'm, I'm pretty sure Lloydminster is not on that list. Would, would you say that one of the reasons it's not on the list is because of the pushback it received back a few oh, years ago? A few. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's go back a lot farther than a few. I think it was back in the early 80s or, you know, even or for, for when Brad, I, I guess 2007, when Brad Wall first came in. Yeah, Bruce I Power was here. Bruce Power was here and we had, um, you know, there was a, a push by the Premier Wall at that time in order to see nu nu nuclear power developed to a greater extent in this yeah. province. And there was a huge pushback, you know, but I think people, you know, they, it's once again, it goes back to that education 
about things. And there has been such a strong advancement in technology. I was down in Pascal, Washington about four years ago um, and saw some of the development in the small nuclear modules. And man, they are so self-contained and no waste and it's just a reusable product that comes out of it. Um, that can produce a significant amount of power. So we've advanced a long ways in technology and then we've reached a stage, I think, in this province where it's time to start implementing this and using it as our alternative power. Would you expect that there would be pushback, same as there was? I'm sure there's going to be some. I, yeah. There's no doubt. I mean, there's always going to be naysayers about anything, yeah. uh, you know, that I believe is positive or that others believe is positive, there's always going to be some negativity about I, I, it. But I think it's just about education once again. I'm with you. I think it's the education. It is. Yeah, I think yeah. education is a huge part of it. Um, I mentioned the emissions cap. There's uh, now it's been moved up to 2035 where um, dealerships like the new Lord Mr. Nissan won't be able to sell any combustion engines. Um, there's been a lot of announcements. We've even heard such things as attacks on, and this will really, as I look up and see Cattlemen of the Year, cow farts and cow births yeah. and things like that. Yep. It just seems like the end of 2023 with COP28 happening, that we were just blasted in Western Canada with Stephen Gibo's extremism, is what I would call it, and I've mentioned that on, on some of our broadcasts before, so I don't think anybody would be surprised at that. What's your take on what's happening with our federal government and one thing after another seemingly aimed at Western Canada? Well, harmful, harmful, harmful. <laughs> destructive, destructive, destructive. Why, to our why, economy, why, why uh, Kurt. I, you know, I, I just think that um, the Prime Minister and his cabinet um, are focused on an advancing an agenda that they started out with way back and and have decided we're going to you know complete this and those policies are harmful to us. COP28 was one of the best things that has happened to this province. We have stepped into our own. Our economy is doing really good. We are you know, leading the nation on jobs. We are leading the nation on unemployment rates. We are leading the nation on retail sales and merchandise and and foreign and international export products. You know, our numbers are going up and it's because we are taking care of it. We have set up offices around the world and are working with those. COP28, we saw numerous industries come to the table that want, are very interested in what we have here. We have 23 of 31 critical minerals in the world right here in this province and we need to get those to other parts of the world so they can be used to create and and you know manufacture and, and sell products as well and I think that's something we have to keep pushing is the fact that we are can be a leader in this country and that we are going to keep our economy moving forward and take care of our own people in our own way and I think that's that was key and COP28 has shown that we had many interested parties. Our room, as, as we heard from the Premier, was um, packed at all times and there was agreement signed from other countries. I heard uh, Justin Trudeau over the holidays say that uh, housing is not a federal jurisdiction. Um, it's interesting to me that he brought up what is jurisdictions because in Saskatchewan we feel that they're overreaching 
on what isn't their jurisdiction That's when right. it comes to And yet we got kicked out of the housing industry. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> so, <laughs> didn't get a penny. <laughs> so wh wh where does, where, how does, how does the government of Saskatchewan help a community like Lloydminster, and we're not the only ones, that are seeing so many encampments and homeless people, and it has become such a big issue here, in other places, Edmonton just had a, you know, has fires regularly at their encampments and, and things like that. But, but for, and we've seen in Regina as well, how does the provincial government, where, where is your jurisdiction in, in helping we that. have stepped up and added um, through our social services and through our housing programs and outreach and um, with our, um, uh, you know, like the interval home. Um, we have reached out to those societies and supported them in any way possible that we can. As a matter of fact, I, before Christmas time here, I had a, a great long conversation with Becky Schill with the Olive Tree and with the mayor and looking at some of the options that are available and things that, um, they can apply for to help with our, our homeless and our shelters here in Lloydminster. And I have to tell you that um, the Olive Tree and Becky Shield has done an amazing job. Um, she has worked with Sask Housing to house a number of folks and to get them set up so that they're becoming more responsible for their own actions and for the things they're doing and working also with our addiction center. Um, as we all know, the Slimthorpe Centre back in the spring was shut down for a long period of time as Alberta Health Services revamped the management there and the services that were being provided. And then in August, uh, Saskatchewan, who only had three spots, uh, addiction spots at the, and mental health spots at the Slimthorpe, has now been offered 15 that we are funding. I'm not sure they're in, the services are in place yet because they were working through the agreements on it but um, it, is, it, it will be very helpful for this area. And yes, working um, with the city and the mayor on how do we uh, support those folks that are most vulnerable and needed has been a, long, has been a challenge. We have seen increased numbers in our community. Drugs, alcohol, um, mental health issues has been significant. But we are finding ways as a community and as a government um, to support the programs that are helping those people. Is there anything else, Colleen, that did you want people in this area to know that, well, that you're uh, working on or? Yeah. You know. um, the, the <laughs> as I said, healthcare is healthcare a big is one. Healthcare is the big one. Yeah. Um, as I said recently, I, I did meet with um, the chief of staff, uh, Dr. Governor, and and working through some of the things that we could probably push back the on the government with with regards to services at our hospital, in particular. Um, there are some challenges there. There's no doubt. There's a morale issue, and uh, as well as you know, it isn't always just about staffing. It is just about scheduling. It is about you know having people understand the services that are there. I mean, one of the things we've, we all know is that we've also lost physicians in this community over the summer. So that also creates a backlog at the hospital when people can't go to a doctor into a clinic, right? Mm -hmm. And so I've been working with the minister as well on looking at ways to revamp our, our immigration, our SIPA program, which is the Saskatchewan um, Physicians Immigration, immigration uh, Physicians Program which was a great thing when it was brought in back in 2007 and eight, but it's time to make some changes there to create some flexibility for a community so that we can get more 
physician, qualified physicians back in our community. So that's another key thing I've been working on because we do need more physicians here. We, we mentioned what happened in November with Lakeland College and 14 students. Yeah. When will you really see the results of that? I think, How you know, soon? we're going to see. There was there are um, students there. There are about 13 of them, I believe. This was a new 16 added. There is also already a pool of students there that were in their second and third year programs. Now they'll be able to complete that fourth year here. So we should see within another, just in another year, some of those graduates coming out who are here with their right. families and will probably stay in the community. So that's a great positive. Um, we need to see some nurse practitioners as well in our community and I know there's been a strong pushback from our physicians um, but I think there's some of them are starting to realize that that there's value in it and that that's something we need to see here as well. Thank you Colleen, appreciate your time. You're more than welcome. I, I appreciate you having me and, and I want to thank all my constituents for the uh, trust and the um, uh, that they have put in me to be their advocate and I look forward to working with them on all of their issues again. It's a huge year. It is a huge year, but I know it's going to be a great year for Saskatchewan. We know it's going to be municipal election. We know it's going to be provincial election. Yep. You want to take a guess on whether there's going to be a federal election? I'm going to say no. No. <laughs> I wish, but no. Okay. That's uh, just my guess. But. Uh, I don't think you're alone in that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Colleen had mentioned um, uh, Becky Shell and uh, the home base program. Yes. that the olive tree has. We're going to find out more about that tomorrow, actually. Becky Great. is coming on the show tomorrow morning, 11 o'clock, right here at the Lloyd Mr. Exhibition. We hope you can join us. Thanks again, Colleen. You're welcome. Thank you, Kurt.